You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. We're giving away tickets to see the Equalizer 3. Uh, in honor of Richard Jefferson calling off his wedding in the worst possible way, sending his fiance an email, just an email, days before they're about to get married. What is the worst breakup you've experienced, you've seen, you've heard about 960-960, name and location? And please be truthful. We like to splash around in the pool of truth on this show. We'll play them, uh, thanks to a courtesy of our friend Texty McTexterson at 830. Uh, some of these are great, Maddie, like... Yeah, and they're yes, so I good know. that you question the reality of them. Yeah, um, and I get it. Thank you for the uh, welcome to Dumpsville population you. Yes, of course. There's always <laughs> very clever. Too. Yes, very enjoy yeah. that. It's not you, it's me. Uh, we should just be friends. Like that. <laughs> That's not going to win you tickets. No. no. The, guy, uh, the guy on the way to his Def Leppard concert maybe will win the tickets. <laughs> Quite possible, yes. Well, very much possible. Uh, but it's a busy weekend uh, for fantasy football drafts. I think this is the weekend where a lot of people get it done. It's a long weekend coming up. Uh, Sunday night's probably a really popular one, maybe during the afternoon, whatever. Uh, if you need some help, uh, our next guest will help you out. Jeff Erickson, Rotowire Senior Editor, host on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. Always one of our favorites to talk fantasy football on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Podcast Hotline. Jeff, good morning. How are you? Doing well. Good to talk to you again, George. How's it been? That's no, great. I always appreciate your time um, when you jump on with us. Um, okay, so it's draft day. How do you approach draft day? Or how should people approach draft day? Get a good night's sleep, maybe some supplements, Jeff. Maybe be completely sober and encourage your friends to drink. How should you approach draft day itself? Such a George move. Um, you know what? It depends on the draft. I was in one last night where I had a couple. Uh, it was a fun draft, though. It was like with, with a new crowd too, so uh, it, which it's just fun. I mean, in my you know in my home leagues, I just you know fantasy football leagues are supposed to be fun. Time to be you know especially if it's been a league that you've been together with your friends. So uh, you know, mm-hmm. do the prep work ahead of time. Put the time in ahead of time so you're ready for all the twists and turns. Um, you know, no, obviously, if you're new to the league, learn the league scoring, learn the league setup there. Uh, that's super important. Uh, but once you get to the draft day, I mean, you're, you know that you're prepared and have some fun. Is there really that much of a difference between half point PPR and full point PPR when it comes to rankings? I'd say they're on on the extremes. You know that that pass catching back that gets like seven or eight ca- uh, catches. You know, someone like Austin Eckler um, is going to get hurt a little bit. But then again, like, that's not even true now anymore because he gets the goal line carries. He used to not get the goal line carries. They'd have someone like Melvin Gordon or someone else steal the goal line carries, but in the past, you know, someone like him would get affected a little bit more. I think maybe it, it, dra- it drags down a little bit of the uh, wide receiver values, and maybe you, you encourage you to go with one of the stud, stud running backs early on. Hmm. What is what is the cardinal sin you're seeing right now in this year fantasy uh, football drafts that that people continually make? Injury optimism. Thinking that uh, that injured Great player point. is going to come back sooner, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it is going to be perfectly fine when he comes back, uh, I, I think I think that that's a that's always a problem. Uh, I think injuries happen over the course of the season, so if you've got a player that already has a problem, I'm going to downgrade him some. 
That, that also applies to Jonathan Taylor, especially applies to him. But I'm going to give him a significant haircut. Uh, he may be in peak form when he comes back, or he may be disgruntled and then, you know, he gets hurt again, or we, we don't have any verification of his health. He, he's the ultimate wild card in this year's draft. How much do you want one of the top quarterbacks this year? Mahomes, Hurts, Lamar maybe? How much are you trying to make sure one of those guys is on your roster? I'd say uh, it, it's it's definitely something I'd want to do, and I have a top eight, by the way. Uh, it goes all the way down to like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but it's not mandatory either. If the whole league is pushing these guys up, that means I'm getting incredible values at wide receiver and running back, and I'm just going to go ahead and take them sometimes. kind of depends on where I am in the draft, too. Um, mm-hmm. But I'd say in about 85% of my leagues, I have one of those top eight quarterbacks. There's about three or four leagues where I've gone with that, including one I did last night, where I, w- I was willing to wait on the quarterbacks. Would that be Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, Jackson, Burrow, Herbert, Fields, and then Lawrence? Daniel yes. Jones does not make the cut? No, not yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's one of the guys. He's, he's actually one of the two that I got later on. I, I, and I think... Daniel Jones is not costing you that price, so don't don't push him up. You'll still be able to get him. I, I say there's three guys I like to target when I wait on the quarterbacks. One is Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. uh, especially if I have Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Daniel Jones is one of them because of his running ability. And then the third is Geno Smith. I actually totally buy into what he did last year, and I love what they've done to try to add more talent around him. How much worry is there uh, with Joe Burrow and that calf? Not just for him, but for all the weapons around him, too. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, to maybe a lesser extent. Um, there, there, it's a small concern. Um, the fact that he started full practice yesterday uh, has me encouraged. And Earlier, he was not doing full team workouts, but he was working on the side and reports where he was looking good, would be ready for week one. I think you give him a little tiny discount just on the risk, the, the, the risk factor of him missing a week, uh, one week. Uh, I like that they got a new uh, left tackle for him in Orlando Brown and helped protect the backside a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, and the, the good news is with him that you don't have to worry about him learning an offensive scheme. You don't have to worry about like getting his timing with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. He's got that you know, nailed down over the years, so not too worried about that. But yeah, of course, it's a muscle injury, and muscle injuries can recur, so that's always a concern. And he may not scramble much early on. Um, Jeff, we have you on. We want to really help our listeners out this morning with their drafts. I know the tight end position. There's a ton of scarcity. Obviously, it's Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and kind of in my opinion, it's everyone else. Yeah, Kittle and Andrew, uh, Kittle and uh, Darren Waller, obviously near the top of that list too. But because of the position mm-hmm. scarcity, how should you approach the tight end position in a 10, 12 team league? Do you reach for Andrews? Do you reach, you know, do you draft Kelsey really early in the first round? How should you attack the tight end position? Uh, you know, I think I, I have like a couple of shares of Kelsey, a couple of Andrews, uh, a couple of that next tier with Hawkinson, Waller, uh, Kittle, Goddard. Um, I put those all in the next grouping. But I've, you know, I, I think you can, I think you either go, in the, those first two tiers, or you really wait. If you miss out on the top six tight ends, you know, wait till the very end almost. You can get a couple guys that are pretty comparable to each other, uh, especially in a 10-team mm-hmm. league where you know, it's not, you're not getting punished by depth. If you're in a six, I'd say the deeper your league is, the more I want one of those top guys. So if I'm in one league that's a 16-team league, I'm going to make sure I get Ooh. a good tight end. Wow. Um, 16 teams? Ask you- My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's punishing. Uh, he starts... <sighs> He starts to get to, and and then we do this little side bet at the end, you know, 
after the draft's completed, uh, we, we do a little side pot, you know, name one player that went undrafted who's going to be the highest scorer. So mm. it, it's also like, it's, cool. it's kind of like trying to predict the future on the free agents. There. You have to have such a good draft with 16 teams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, and that's why you have to be super conservative in a league like that, especially if you're at one of the ends and you have to wait 30 picks for your next picks. Uh, you know, you, you really shouldn't be taking too many chances there. It's a lot of downtime. Um, Jeff, wanted to ask you, where does Kelsey rank? And I know for you, like, obviously you have the, the receivers like Jefferson and Chase, but when it comes to pass catchers, obviously Travis Kelsey, uh, right near the top of the list, uh, receiver or tight end. Like, where, where do those receivers go ahead of Travis Kelsey? If you're in a PPR, a half PPR, where do you have them slated behind a guy like Jefferson and Chase? Is he number three in your opinion? Like, where does Kelsey rank for you? So I just posted my top 150 PPR rankings, and I've got him six overall. I've got him behind Jefferson Chase, McCaffrey, Eckler, Tyreek Hill, and that's it. Um, other okay. people, your, your mileage may vary. Uh, but some people don't like spending a first-round pick on a tight end. I can appreciate that. Uh, but I, I have him a, ahead of A.J. Brown, ahead of C.D. Lamb, ahead of Diggs and Cup. Uh, you know, there, there's a nice pack of wide receivers I love at the end of that first round uh, that I'm happy to get a pair of them. Jeff Erickson, Rotowire Senior Editor, host on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Uh, where are you at with Cooper Cup? He was obviously the, the number one wide receiver last season after that monstrous season that led to a Super Bowl championship, obviously coming off a serious injury. Matthew Stafford saying he doesn't know the names of the guys he's playing with anymore, which is very troubling. Uh, where are you at with Cooper Cup right now, a guy who is just – he, when he's out on the field, there's no question uh, production's there and one of the elite guys in the NFL. But you talk about uh, injury concerns, situation right now with the Rams. Where are you at with Cooper Cup? You illustrated the reasons for my concerns and why I'm probably lower than the pack. I'm not even probably. I know I'm lower than the pack. I've got him at 13th overall, um, I, which means I'm almost never getting him. Uh, he's usually going as high as five or six. He's in the, you know, a lot of people put him over Kelsey and maybe something, sometimes even over Tyree kill. Uh, but for the risk factors that you stated, you know, we're talking about injury optimism. I think this is a perfect illustration of that problem. Uh, the Stafford issue, you know, he's one hit away from not being able to play and, you know, they don't have a whole lot behind him. The offensive line isn't very good. Uh, you know, Cooper cup is great when healthy. He's amazing. And he could put up huge numbers, but he could also, play eight games also and i think that concern is enough for me to kind of shy away which wide receiver is being overvalued the most that's a good question um i would you know i would say that i'm a little wary of uh of of a couple of, oh, there's a couple of guys i'm a little bit worried about um i would say you know i'd say Devonta smith is a little bit of a concern mm-hmm. because he's at best mm-hmm. number two on his own team and you're, and if he's your first receiver, there's games where he just doesn't get the target share. So I don't really like taking him at the end of the second round where he goes. Um, I, he's one I'm concerned about there. I would say another one uh, would, would might might also be, uh, you know, I, I'd say Amari Cooper a little bit too, just because okay. I don't know how much I trust the Cleveland passing game. How much yeah. do I trust Deshaun Watson? I don't have any Deshaun Watson. I have over 20 leagues, and I haven't drafted him once yet. Mm. I'm... 
intrigued by Josh Jacobs um, because his ADP will be lowered because of the contract situation. But now that he's signed, I feel like he's going to go up draft boards and might be someone who could be a sneaky late ad. How do you feel? Oh, I agree. Mm. I, I absolutely agree. Um, I, I think that uh, I, I, I was in an auction league where he went and that second, you know, that second tier running backs, not the first tier. I understand you're not paying fully for last year's production. At the same time, we know his ability is there. We know the usage will be there. Uh, your only question is like, is he disgruntled? Is he like, if if and when nagging injuries hit, does he sit out because he didn't? You know, he played through everything last year, his contract year, and then didn't get rewarded. How is how's he going to react to that? That is a question because you know I don't think he's going to get the long term deal after this year either. I think. You know, running backs as a whole are kind of pretty soured by this experience, and that's why, you know, that was such a running theme going into training camp in the preseason this year. Jeff, I wanted to ask you, too, before we get uh, – you know what, I'll stick on the running backs and ask you this other question I want to do. Um, when it comes to running backs, uh, is Nick Chubb a guy that maybe is undervalued a little bit, doesn't have the shadow of Kareem Hunt anymore, really good offensive line, we don't know what Deshaun Watson is. He's a guy that I think could have a another monster season, although maybe he'll catch a little more passes out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. But how are you gauging some of these uh, running back by committee situations? We know Zeke's now in New England, but Ramondre Stevenson's clearly still the number one uh, running back there. What, what's what's your read on Alvin Kamara? I just feel like we haven't the, the the water is so murky when it comes to running backs. Like outside of McCaffrey right. and Eckler, like is Chubb the three guy? Like how are you dealing with running backs this fantasy season? Uh, what I like to do is called an anchor running back strategy. Sometimes some people call it running back hero, where you draft one running back like Chubb early on, uh, and then you fill all your pass catching slots, including including tight end, maybe with or wide receiver, maybe even fill your flex spot with a with a wide receiver as well, and then go back with volume for the second spot to kind of address that uncertainty. You know, someone from that pack is going to emerge, so I'd rather take multiple shots later on with some of these running backs, starting with like you know. Matt Alexander Madison or Javante Williams or J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, guys in that sort of tier, uh, get two or three of those guys. Uh, and meanwhile, I have receivers I can start week in and week out. Don't have to worry about playing the matchups. Uh, that, that's my favorite way to build uh, – favorite roster construction. Well, who's your anchor running backs then? Uh, so, uh, you know, McCaffrey, Eckler, yep. uh, Chubb, Barkley, I think B. John Robinson fits under that umbrella, um, Tony Ooh. Pollard, and Derrick Henry. And maybe um, I'm Jacob glad you brought actually. up. I'm glad you brought up Bijan Robinson. My nephew is a uh, Falcons fan, believe it or not, and he like keeps telling mm-hmm. me Bijan Robinson. I get it, but I'm, I'm just I'm just leery of drafting a rookie in that that high in the first round, Jeff. Like, are are you doing that? That's do you suggest that? Because I'm just nervous about wait, like not not that it's wasting, but using a first round pick on a rookie running back in a situation where I'm not really that crazy about with Desmond Ritter as a starting quarterback. Understandable. Um, I think Ritter is a bit of a black box. You know, all the comps on Bijan are so high. Everyone compares him to like the best running back coming out since B- since Anthony, you know, since Adrian Peterson. Um, I, I think that's probably an unfair comp. But at the same time, that paid off. By the way, when you drafted Peterson in the first round, when you drafted Edger and James in the first round. I'm, I'm old enough to have done so. Um, it really worked out. And there, there, there. Every once in a while, there's a generational back, um, and it doesn't always happen. But I think it's pretty clear that he's going to get a heavy bit of workload on a team that loves to run the ball, great offensive line, great run-blocking offensive line at the very least, uh, and he catches passes. 
So he's in, you know, he'll be in there on third down a lot as well. Is there anybody from this most recent draft that maybe isn't getting as many eyes as they should? Because there were some highly drafted players, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, uh, the unfortunate injury to the receiver in Seattle has maybe delayed his start. But is there a, a younger player that maybe isn't getting the headlines that he will be getting by the end of the season? He finally started to at the end of the preseason. That's Marvin Mims uh, with Denver. Uh, he is going to be awesome, I think. Uh, we saw him high point a ball against the Rams in the final preseason game. Uh, you know, with Jerry Judy probably missing at least the first couple of weeks of the season. You know, Mims has got a chance to start right away. They spent a second-round pick on him. They love him. Um, he's going to be pretty productive right away. Sean Payton's offenses have allowed for rookie wide receivers to do well in the past. I don't think he's Michael Thomas right off the bat, but I think he's really good. Mm. What do you watch for in preseason and training camp? Because we see all the videos. Oh, look at him high point this ball, but then how many drops did he have in the practice? And not all the preseason games are televised. Like, how do you take in the preseason? I take it with a a pound of salt, not just a grain of salt, but a pound of salt. I am very skeptical. Um, I, I, you look for the negative, actually, to be honest. But even that can lead you astray. But you know, you look for see like who's getting playing time. Uh, who's not getting playing time? Like a guy like Devon Ajain is a guy that he, before even before he got hurt, I was concerned about him. You know, I think there was a lot of buzz after he got drafted. Like, oh, look at that speed! They love speed in Miami. Well, he's like fourth on the depth chart. He was behind Salvon Ahmed. And now I understand depth charts are what they are. Let's, let's, but he was the way he was getting reps in practice, the way he was, you know, who what personnel groups he was playing with. That's the thing that gets me concerned. Now, if he was dominating, it'd be one thing, uh, but he wasn't. Uh, Someone like Tank Bigsby is a guy who did improve his stock some of the preseason, although that fumble at the goal line probably didn't help his cause too much. Uh, that said, I'm still bullish on Travis Etienne on the Jags. So I, I don't, mm-hmm. as much as Bigsby looked good, I still love Etienne. I still love his ability, and I, I think he's going to have a pretty big year. Uh, I know, Jeff, uh, we, we've touched on Cooper Cup, um, and you mentioned Amari Cooper. What are some or, What are some of the big names out there or big names of the past that really you want no a part of uh, if you're drafting this weekend? Uh, is one of those guys, in fact, Cooper Cup? Is it Michael Thomas? Because I've seen reports out of mm. camp that he looks like a shell of himself. Like, Who are some of those names yeah. out there that you want no a part of that are big names? Uh, so Michael Thomas is one of them. You know, and when he came back to practice, the report said he's going to need time. Um, never like hearing that. You know, that is one port, uh, report that moves the needle for me. I'd say another one is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I, I don't mm. love his new home in Tennessee. I don't think they throw the ball a ton. And you know, Nuke is a guy who missed some time in the past. He's he's at an age where decline often hits for wide receivers. Thirty one. Um, there are you know some people that defy that, but for the most part. It's 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 becoming ageist at that position too. Not as bad as uh, at running back, but you know I can't like I the comparison I always make is Andre Johnson who hit thirty and all of a sudden was done. Um, it, it's it's a cruel game, uh, but he, he's one of the guys that could be fa- uh, factored by that some. Um, for uh, those of us who are trying auction drafts for the first time, do you have any advice? Yeah. Uh, mm. You know, try to set a little bit of a budget ahead of time. Like, you're, I'm going to pay. I, I have to start three receivers and a flex. Okay, well, I'm going to spend 45 percent of my budget on those four spots. I'm going to spend X on running back. Know your league a little bit there. Uh, realize that quarterbacks, if it's a it's, if it's a QB flex league, a super flex league, 
all those quarterbacks are going to cost more than you think. Uh, if it's a one quarterback league, they're going to cost way less than you think. Uh, and, you know, of course, if you've been in your, your league before, if you, you know, I have one league that's an auction league. It's the Rotowire Stake League where we have a side, a stake dinner side bet at the end of the year. Uh, it's a 14 team auction league. And in that league, even though there's 14 teams, the quarterbacks go cheaply. You got to know that, you know, and so you don't overspend on the first quarterback that comes out of the chute. Uh, you, all of a sudden, you're spending twenty dollars on Justin Fields, where, and then you see Jalen Hurts go for a dollar less. You're like, what? Um, so, know know your league. Also, are you are you uh, do you subscribe to the stars and scrubs uh, theory when it comes to uh, auction drafts? I think if you're in a ten team auction draft, yes. If you're in a fourteen teamer like I am, and we have extra starting and. Also, know, know like how many spots you start. The more spots you have starting, the more people in the league, every spot becomes that much more valuable, which means it, I like spreading the risk there a little bit more. But if you're in a 10-team league and you're starting two receivers in a flex and not instead of three, um, then, yeah, stars and scrubs, go, go at it. Um, and if you're in a league that uh, the championship is in week 18, you shouldn't participate in said league, right? <laughs> Sounds like a personal question there. Like you've gone through that before. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like I just, yeah, I get like it's heartbreaking. If I don't understand why it people is. still are in fantasy football in the last week of the season. So what we do usually is we have a separate side bet for week eighteen. Yeah, we don't use it. Our championship is in week seventeen um, because there, there's just too many stars that sit out. Um, uh, for, you know, and some years are worse than others in that respect. Some some years you only have like a couple of teams that sit there, their top players, but usually you've got five to seven teams that are yeah. playing half games or none at all in some cases with their stars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I, our our my original league used to be, uh, you know, a league that would play the final week of the season, and we evolved to that about. 12, 12, 15 years ago, we we switched to just the, the penultimate week instead. Right. Um, Matt, is there a self-serving question you want to ask Jeff before we let him go about your league? I think that I'm probably going to be relatively set. Like, I think I'm going to absolutely dominate the league this okay. year. Uh, Very modest. Who's nice. first? Who's going to be first overall, I guess? Like, there's a few guys that are up there, but who's first overall for you? It's Jefferson. Yeah. Um, for me, it's it's uh, it's pretty straight butter. I mean, you look at most ADPs out there, and Jefferson is first overall. You see McCaffrey get drafted first. You'll see Chase get drafted first every once in a while. Uh, even an Eckler or, or Kelsey, if you're, you know, again, know your league's rules. If you have tight end boosted scoring, Kelsey's number one with a bullet. If you're in a super flex league, it's Mahomes or Allen or Hurts, depending on which quarterback you have at the top. You know, know your league, right? Justin Jefferson's such a fascinating one to me because Kirk Cousins is just kind of that like, oh man, I've got a quarterback, but it's Kirk Cousins. That's kind of how I think a lot of people feel about him. And it kind of breaks sure. the question, like, who is the best receiver with the worst quarterback and therefore is going to have a bad year? That's an interesting question. Well, you know, this is the Garrett Wilson Award from last year, at least it was. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> Only four touchdowns as a result of that. Um, I mean, We'll see if, if a compromised staffer would make cup that answer. Uh, Devontae mm. Adams with Jimmy G, I sure. think it might be the answer to that question. Uh, you know, I'm just kind of looking at through the ranks a little Chris bit. Chris Olave? Rivers- oh, you know, Car- yeah, Cars probably, yeah, I, I put Cars better than Jimmy G, though, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. I think that is definitely a downgrade uh, that, that he's getting. But then again, we saw Jarrett Stidham uh, support uh, Devontae Adams in that game last year. So. And the stranger things can happen. You know, I, I mentioned Amari Cooper earlier as someone I'm shying away from in mm. part because Deshaun Watson is his quarterback. 
I'm not convinced Watson's going to come all the way back, and I think it's tough in Cleveland with the weather there, second half of the season, too. Good point. Uh, Jeff, I have a number two pick in a league I've been in for years, over Oof. 20 years. Oof. 12-team league, snake, half-point PPR. I got the number two pick. Where am I going? I'm probably going Chase or McCaffrey there. I mean, I think it's your preference is how do you want to build? Do you want to build with the receiver or do you want to build with the back? Um, because it's half-point PPR, you know, the, the receivers are downgraded a little bit. Do you start three or two receivers? Uh, three. Okay, then I'm probably going Chase there. Okay. My man Jeff Erickson, uh, senior writer, uh, Roto-Wire, host on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. Jeff, always a pleasure. Thanks for this. No problem. Take care, guys. Uh, Jeff Erickson appearing on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Did you learn a lot there? I did. I'm ready for my draft. Look out. I'm going to dominate you're, this You're thing. prepped. I'm ready. I, th- I think we answered a lot it. of questions. The only thing I don't have is a location. I still am. Hmm, that was my job yesterday that I did not do. Hmm. Oops. Uh, best of luck to your fantasy draft uh, this weekend. And make sure that your league doesn't, uh, the championship isn't in week 18 because that's just not fair and it's stupid because guys get rested in week 18. Don't do it. No, that is the worst week to be playing in. I like the idea of a side bet. That's fun. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's, sure. That's really good. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. So, yeah, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. The draft is my favorite part of fantasy oh, cool. it is. hockey, of, of fantasy football, both. Without a doubt. Uh, is there going to be another dodgy uh, fantasy hockey league in uh, the Fan 960 where all of a sudden the rules get changed at the last second or after the draft? There was a big discussion while I was asleep yesterday as far as is this going to be a redraft league in the Flames Media League that we're starting this year or a keeper league? And it was heavily decided to do redraft. So that, I think, okay. is going to be the extent of rules changing at this point there was also an email last night about the rules being changed so i don't know it's one of those things you just roll with the punches baby still almost won that Um, league despite the rules changing last year always important to know because my teams dominate um we're gonna give away some tickets to go see the equalizer three robert mccall kicking ass taking names yep denzel washington yes Um, sir we did the story earlier of Richard Jefferson uh, ending his uh, calling off his wedding in the worst possible way. We're asking you, what's the worst breakup you've heard about, been a part of, um, experienced, um, you've done? Seen from a distance. Yeah, seen from a distance. If you're Wedley, uh, saw it in a movie. Yeah, friend of a friend. 960, name and location. Uh, Some of these are great. We're going to try to vet the ones that we think are true. Because that's what we do here. That's the hardest tell part. The truth. Yeah, with the truth, with two. Yeah, we like Fs. to tell the truth. Damn right, we like to tell the truth. Or is uh, it T R U F E? I always forget how to spell that word. Yeah, truth. Truth. Uh, we'll do that next. Uh, it's the big show, Russick and Rose. That's Sports the Net truth. Nines. You heard it here. Sports at nine sixty. The fan. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan. We're giving away movie tickets to see the Equalizer three. Two general admission passes, two medium popcorns, two medium drinks. In honor of the Richard Jefferson story, uh, he once called off his wedding in the worst possible way by sending an email to his fiance days before the wedding. We'll get to that in a couple minutes. Just wanted to talk to you about this, Maddie, before we get to that. We know training camps around the corner. 
Flames golf tournaments in uh, less than two weeks, which is the unofficial official start of training camp, kind of. We know that Lindholm, Backlund, and Hannifin have pretty much taken all the oxygen out of the room when it comes to the Flames offseason. Why are we talking more about Chris Tanev? I think he. it's the same thing that happened with Tyler Toffoli, right? Like Tyler Toffoli wanted to be a little bit higher on the ring of priorities or the ladder of priorities, and he wasn't. So he said, that's it, I'm out, and they moved him, Mm -hmm. no problem. Now, with Chris Tanev, I would effort to guess that he probably doesn't feel the same. He's probably not too worried about it. Like, the thing about Chris Tanev is it's like, it doesn't really matter what he does point-wise at the end of the year. He's probably going to end up with the same dollar amount on his next contract, whether he puts up 25 points or 30 points. Because yeah. we know what Chris Tanev is. He's an elite-level penalty killer. He is a top-four defenseman who can eat minutes and play against the top players on the other team. He's tough as Art nails. He loves to chew bubble gum when he's on the ice. These True. are the things we know about Chris Tanev. And I just don't know if he has the same level of worry, stress, or anything like that as far as his contract situation goes. Because the other thing here, too, and with Chris Tanev, if, he is, if, if the team does not go well, he is a guy that will be coveted by other teams as someone that you could bring in, yeah. you know, be less than $3 million on the cap hit if you got it half retained by the Flames for, you know, the last couple months of his deal. And I think you'd be able to get some really good return there too. So if I'm the Flames, I'm not going to rush it because I need to find out what Lindholm, Backlund, and Hannafin's numbers are going to look like, whether that number is zero or whether that number is much higher than zero. And then from there, you go with Chris Tanev. Or you say come back at the same dollar or maybe a little bit less and take that right now. But if I'm him, I'm not worried about it. And I don't think that we should be worried about it because it's just not his, I don't think it's his style for him to be like, Oh, I gotta be, I gotta get this settled and I gotta get it all sorted. And like, this is also a guy who's had a pretty successful NHL career. Not to say that he's, you know, making out like a bandit or anything like that, but the dude is, made solid money over the course of his career. It's not like he's looking at this like, oh man, this is my one contract to kind of make this whole thing work, right? So that's why I don't think we're giving as much air to Chris Tanev in this entire situation. Why do I feel like, where does he rank on guys that when he's not in the lineup, the team looks completely different? Because that's something you and I talked about during the season. When he's not in the lineup, the, the defense is, not that it's lost, but definitely doesn't have the same bite. Like, where is he on important players to this team and how they want to play on the ice? Because, to me, last season, he was right near the top of that list. Last year, he was right near the top of the list, and you could see the tangible results. It felt like it took a game or two for the blue line to try and figure out how to do anything at all when Chris Tanev had to miss any sort of games, which was also something that kind of started to pop up more recently this past year than it had in his other years with the Calgary Flames. Um, Some that had bothered him in Vancouver, but the style that he plays, you would expect it, and and that kind of came back to roost a little bit last season. But I think that he's right up there as far as guys that you need. It would be him, it would be Lindholm, it would be Backlund, um, Kadri probably gets in there. Rasmus probably gets in there. And then Markstrom, when he's on, easily, very much one of those guys. So those are the players that would mm-hmm. kind of be in that category. Now the question is, as this team tries to change their style up a little bit and get a little bit more run and gun perhaps, 
is he going to be as important? Are they going to lean on him the same way? Or is this defense going to just be that much more comfortable knowing that Uyghur's been here for a full year now? Rasmus feels like, you know, talking to franchise earlier in the week, feels like might be the next captain of this team. Like, I just don't know if he's going to have to be the linchpin of the defense this year like he was. I feel like Uyghur or Rasmus could kind of fit into that role. And if you're a Flames fan, you hope that's the case. Without a doubt. Because then it makes the decision on Chris Tanev a lot easier as the season goes on. If you can show that the defense can operate with Chris doing a little bit of a lesser role, then all of a sudden you feel a lot better about... You know, maybe, like, here's the thing, too. When we talk about all the guys that are signed for one more year, you know, Zadorov, if he walks, you know, got him as a free agent in the first place. So that kind of be, it is what it is. Uh, especially if someone's going to throw money at him. The same thing that happened with Erica Branson when his contract was up. Same thing could happen for Oliver Shillington. But after that, you get to Chris Tanev, and it's one of those things where, yeah, you'd, you'd like to get something. But if in the end you're making a playoff push and you decide to keep him and then you can't resign him, but you can resign other guys because of that. I think that's something that a lot of people will be able to come to terms with. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, train camp around the corner. Uh, mm-hmm. We're all uh, eagerly awaiting the start of the national hockey league season. Uh, NFL season starts. Hey, a week tonight, which is super fun, super exciting lions and chiefs a week tonight. Let's go. Um, we got one little piece of business to do. Let's give away some movie tickets to the Equalizer 3. Is it Equalizer 3 or The Equalizer 3? I think it's The Equalizer. Okay. Uh, three. Um, We did a story earlier on. Um, Richard Jefferson uh, broke up with his fiance Keisha Nicole, um, days before their wedding uh, via an email. Uh, no call, no text, an email. Perfect. Uh, so we're asking, we're asking you, um, what's the worst possible way, or what was the worst way you got broken up with? You heard about it? Uh, some stories about breakups, maybe a family member that you heard about. Uh, nine sixty, nine sixty, name and location. Some of these are great, and uh, we got some time to play them. Of course, Texty McTexterson is our Sportsnet nine sixty the fan text reading robot, and he joins us. With some breakup stories. Oh, texty. Dan in Calgary. A gal I had been chatting with for about six months came down to visit for the first time at Christmas. We agreed to get presents for each other. She got me a watch. I got her a beer helmet foam dome. She was a big football fan. Never heard from her again. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) A foam dome, Dan? He thinks it's so clever and fun. And she's like, this isn't for me. We're there. We're done here. Yeah, she got me a Roly. What'd you get her? A twenty dollar foam dome. A twenty dollar foam dome. <laughs> Thought I nailed it. I don't get it. I would have loved that as a gift. <laughs> foam dome. Have you worn a foam dome? No. No, of course not. <laughs> but but if there's somebody on this show who I could see wearing a foam dome, it's you. <laughs> it's okay. Of course not is not the right answer because I like I've worn a beer belt before. Yeah, I've seen the photo of that, I think. Yeah, you get the belt. It's got all the different holsters on it. You can hold, like, a six-pack around your waist. It's like you're Batman. Yeah. It's like I'm Booze Man. 
<laughs> Shaking them all up with every step you take. It's the dumbest thing in the world. And they all get warm. Yeah. It's so dumb. It's it's very um, much a bit. I'm like Duff Man. Strong start. Strong start from Dan from Calgary. Uh, Foam Dome Dan. Who right. wants to party? All right, let's keep going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Duff Man is here to refill your beer. Chris and Cedarbrand, <laughs> most awkward breakup for me was about 15 years ago. I tried to break up with my girlfriend and she told me no. So being adverse to conflict, I waited a week to try again. She said no. Then another couple days. No again. Tried one last time and still got a firm no. We're married now. <laughs> what? Just kidding, I blocked her number and started sleeping with other women. <laughs> you like <laughs> you, you like that one, George? I, lo- <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> well paced, Chan. Great work. He tried. <laughs> I'm married. He tried. Now. I'm married now. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, Chris, I like that one. That's funny. Cedar Bank, bank where's that? Cedar Bray. It's in the south. Cedar Bray? Bray, B-R-A-E. Bray. C- Hold on. Cedar Bray. Okay, let's go. More. <laughs> Dylan in Three Hills. Me and my fiancé had been engaged for two years. It was an okay relationship, but I finally had enough. Feeling very hungry for a rotisserie chicken, I insisted we go milestones to have their famous rotisserie chicken meal. She was not hungry and on top of that she didn't want to go for dinner. As I stuffed my face I said to her it's over. I asked for the engagement ring back as it was an heirloom from my grandma. I watched her eat her tears as I gobbled down the rest of the rotisserie chicken asking her if she wanted some. It was a move, but what do you do? (laughs) What do you mean, what do you do? You do like what anything. What do you do? <laughs> it's not Speed starring Keanu Reeves. What What other option did I have? I was hungry for a milestone rotisserie chicken and the relationship had run his course. What was my other option here? I had yeah. to take her like to Milestone and to break up with her while I'm spitting chicken in her face. But why did he have to do it while eating the chicken? Why couldn't he wait till they got to the car? Because he was hungry. <laughs> oh no, I know. But why did he have to do it at dinner? Like why didn't he finish the dinner, had his chicken, and then broke up with her in the car ride on the way home? <laughs> because I don't know if any of this makes sense. I don't Like <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're trying to rationalize things. You get you're to trying a certain, to make sense of yeah, it. Yeah, you get to a certain point, you just gotta throw logic out the window and kind of bite the bullet. Yeah. Okay. Uh rotisserie chicken Dylan. And uh, Chris Block number uh, from Cedar Bray. And uh, Dan Foam Dome in Calgary. I got that right. Okay, let's keep going. Mike from Balzac. My buddy had his bride no show at the church day of their wedding. <gasps> no way. What? No show at the wedding? That would be disappointing. I've never been to something like that. What do you do? Do you go to the reception? 
what are you what are you celebrating? <laughs> that there's a room full of liquor next door. Like, I would feel what do you terrible mean? for the groom. The yeah, groom he, just sitting there. He's is not like, coming. Nah, no. He's either. I'm sure, she's coming. She'll be here any minute. <laughs> and then she doesn't show up. At what? Like how much? I need more to the story. How much time went by? We're like, she's not coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like how long do you wait? Did we get? Did we get the time zones right? Is that was she on Mountain and we were on Eastern? Is that what's going on here? Yeah. Was she here early? Like, like at what point? Does enough time go by or like, oh, she's really late. Uh, to, she's not coming. <laughs> Ten minutes? Like, where does it hit that hour? point? I think a half an hour is is the threshold. Or do you kind of, yeah, you know, a half hour is fair. I would imagine in a lot of these situations that she sends a messenger. Oh, it's one of those things where, like, uh, like one of the bridesmaids runs over with a, mm, a note and hands it to the groom. Probably not from the bridal party either. Okay. I'm guessing like a tertiary friend. Okay. Well, look at you using so, the word. Did, did you have you been talking to Anthony Stewart about the word tertiary? Is that what you've been uh, doing? I've you know you know George. I love to read, and I'm working my way through the dictionary right now. So that's okay. what's going on there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Big reader. I. Yeah. I. Uh, okay. I, I read every morning from six to nine when everyone sends in their texts, and then I have a hard okay. out at nine o'clock when I finish reading wow. for the day. Bride no-show. That's a tough one. That's a hard one. Okay. Let's keep going. Kevin in downtown. My best friend and I were on the way to see Def Leppard, and we <laughs> stopped at his longtime girlfriend's place to pick her up. They were together for six years. When we got there, he said you go in and break up with her for me. I refused at first, but didn't want to miss the show so I had to do the deed. Hey, I can't wait till they play pour some sugar on me, but I gotta do <laughs> something exactly, first. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Does is he get sad during pour some sugar on me? <laughs> He's like rocking out, he looks over his buddy. He's like pour some sugar on me. <laughs> He's like, just play love bites again, please. <laughs> There's a Def Leppard joke that Satan wants me to do right now that I'm not going to do. Good for not you. today, Satan. Not free. Not today. Nope. Not today, Satan. <laughs> Maybe not tomorrow today. on a Friday. <laughs> uh, we also got a text. Just told the girlfriend I am craving rotisserie chicken now, and boy, is she pissed. And all I can say is good for you. For turning on our dumb station while you drive around with your girlfriend. That is pretty impressive. That's pretty good. Didn't we lose him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, bud. Now, am I back? Am I there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are. Am I gone? No, you're here. You're here. Okay, good. You're in. Okay, good. Another good, tech. Good, good, good. Another tech. Uh, let's do more. Mike in Silver Springs. My ex cheated on me, so I broke up with her immediately. I had a really good relationship with her mom and weirdly enough we started dating. It's weird being her stepdad so Christmas should be interesting. <laughs> no way. Yeah. No way. No chance. Yeah, right, bud. Fun. Like, I think I think a no lot way. of us 
I think a lot of us have have tried to live like the uh, girlfriend sister life, <laughs> but the the girlfriend mom oh that's a tough one to believe. There, like, he may have sold me like if he just had relations with the mom, but actually getting married to her now, come on, man, really? Mike? Yeah, and then also the idea that the daughter would still come to Christmas after this had all <laughs> happened. She's yeah. like, yeah, this she's is totally fine. cool with yeah, it. Yeah, she, she's part of the wedding party. It's whatever. Not no awkward at all. <laughs> Not awkward at all. Okay, keep them rolling. Josh in Ranchlands. I don't have a good enough one to win, but I know my best friend Mike has a good one who started dating his ex's mom. Just hilarious. <laughs> okay. Is there more there? <laughs> Well, no, because we just did Mike, and now Josh is. <laughs> oh, so he's he's fact checking Mike. I see what we've got here. GVP, are you su- are you surprised that Maddie Rose didn't connect the two just there? <laughs> yeah, not surprising. I'm looking for text. I'm looking for good ones. And if it's gonna be short like that, it's not worth my time. But Josh just <laughs> but Josh just verified the story of yeah, his ex is mom. Yeah, well, listen, I can't multitask. You guys really ask a lot of me on this show. I'm trying to entertain the people, trying to be funny, mm-hmm. trying to be informative, and you want me to read. Gosh. Yeah. And listen, all at the same time. Okay, okay, we, we got to go. Uh, let's play two more, and then we'll give away the prize. Chris in New Brighton, my 22nd B-Day at Eastside Mario's. <laughs> my G-friend at the time organized a party for about 10 of us we had been fighting. She broke up with me at the table told me she was with that scumbag Evan and to top it off, all the servers came and sang their stupid happy B-Day song after this all dropped. Worst B-Day ever. Scumbag Evan. You know what? What a bad person your your ex-girlfriend was. Yeah. And how for would you feel to be Evan sitting at the at table? A, for setting up your birthday party at an Eastside Mario's. You should have known it was a trap. Listen, shut up. They have delicious salad and breadsticks. Hey, you manja manja. Worst commercial on the TV. Okay. Stop disparaging Eastside Mario's. Okay, so it was Evan sitting at the table. As a pure Why is Evan one of your friends still? Because there's some sort of saying, bros before something. I don't know how the rest of that goes. When I was in New Zealand, I met a guy there who was traveling by himself, and he said the reason that he wasn't in Canada was because his ex had cheated on him with his best friend, and he wasn't sure he wasn't going to kill them. Okay, that's intense. Yeah, we rode around with him for a van in two months, two weeks. Pretty sweet dude. Good guy. Good guy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't have inner demons. All right, one more. Mick and Fernie. Shout out to In the early 2000s, I had a friend who had been with a girl for two years who had his mom call her grandma on the phone to break it to her that it was over. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes, Charles. This is Serena's grandmother. She no longer loves you, and she's found someone new. Also, get a job and a gosh darn haircut. Uh, you Thanks, know what? bye. Uh- um, apologies to all those we couldn't get to. Mm. I think it's uh, Chris and Cedar Bray. Let's play that one again. Chris and Cedar Bray. Most awkward breakup for me was about 15 years ago. I tried to break up with my girlfriend and she told me no. So being adverse to conflict, I waited a week to try again. She said no. Then another couple days. No again. Tried one last time and still got a firm no. We're married now. 
Just kidding, just I blocked kidding. her number and started <laughs> yeah. sleeping with other women. <laughs> that was a nice big pause there. That was a good one. There yeah. was. Uh, congratulations, Chris and Cedar Bray. You won tickets to go see The Equalizer 3, courtesy of our friends at Landmark Cinemas. You won uh, two passes, two medium drinks, two medium popcorns. Enjoy the show. GVP, what's up in Mucho, Big Show, Big Show Plus, Big Show XL, more Big Show, Big Show Hour 4? Uh, we're going to run back our chat with Luke Gazdick, and then we're going to do uh, the fantasy chat with Jeff Erickson. We also got a stamps report for you. Do all oh, that. wow. Uh, jam-packed. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, check out the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Wherever you get your favorite podcast, uh, enjoy the rest of your Thursday. If you're drafting in fantasy football tonight, best of luck to all of you. Uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Have a super, super Thursday. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.